You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today on the show, I'm happy to introduce Ricardo Baca. He's the CEO of Grasslands. Grasslands is a PR agency for the cannabis industry for those who aren't in the know. And Ricardo himself is pretty well known. He's formerly an editor at the Denver Post and produced The Cannabist for over three years through the end of 2016. He's also known as being the first full-time marijuana rights editor for a major American newspaper. Thank you so much for coming to the show, Ricardo. Bethany, thanks so much for having me on. Long-time listener, first-time guest. Oh, I don't know what took so long, but I'm glad we're finally here. Me too. Schedules. <laughs> I know, right? There is well, that. Well, um, I have introduced you a little bit, but um, I'm sure there's more to you. Um, could you tell our listeners a bit more about your background and your experience, especially the work you did before you got involved in all things cannabis? Of course, yeah. You know, my entire life has been dedicated to journalism in one way or another. You know, going back to uh, delivering the Rocky Mountain News in the suburbs of North Denver uh, back when I was a kid. And, Were you a paper you know, boy? I was, yeah. Oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I had a number of routes going back to like 14, 15 years old. Oh yeah, I you know delivering ninety Sunday newspapers once a week, and then you know that that job is such an amazing uh, thing to instill a work ethic on a young person because you're legitimately working three hundred and sixty five days a year and waking up at some god awful hour of the morning. So 
But, you know, that kind of just tied me to the newspaper. I, I would come home every morning with newsprint on my hands. So I think I was just destined to enter this industry somehow. But, you know, later ended up getting a college uh, scholarship from the Rocky Mountain News, the same newspaper I delivered for years and studied journalism, um, was fortunate enough to work at the Rocky for four years throughout college that they paid for. And, you know, RIP, the Rocky Mountain News uh, went by the wayside, passed away about 11 years ago, which was tragic, uh, a result of a newspaper war in Colorado mm. um, and went on to work for a newspaper, another newspaper in Texas for a couple of years and came back to Denver uh, and worked for the Denver Post, which was the triumphant newspaper in that newspaper war. You know, I was mm -hmm. uh, the music critic at the Post. I started a music festival called the UMS, uh, the Underground Music Showcase, which was a lot of fun and that's still around. Um, you know, uh, my last year, we had 350 bands, four days, 30 venues, uh, you know, and, and one wristband would get you into it all. I was just in love with South by Southwest and wanted to replicate that vibe in my hometown. And um, and then after years of writing about music and producing the music festival and starting music blogs, um, I ended up getting promoted to the entertainment editor position. And a couple years later, next thing you know, those crazy Colorado voters are approving Amendment 64 in November of 2012. And uh, the editors at the Denver Post had the foresight to recognize that suddenly this is a recreational substance basically traded the same way as beer and wine and we had reporters not only creating entire beer verticals beer blogs where we celebrated and reported on colorado beers uh, but we also had uh, reporters reporting on the the alcohol as an industry and so they recognized we needed to change the way we discussed cannabis and so in late 2013 the editor um, uh, called me aside and said hey we want to cover marijuana differently and we want you to be our guy and so that's how I became that that first marijuana editor at a major metropolitan daily newspaper and and it was such a tremendous experience um, entirely brought there through organic means after 20 plus years in journalism and uh, was very excited to take on the cannabis beat and of course as you mentioned um, create the cannabis after that which was uh, became and grew into an award-winning news vertical that had a larger readership than than high times and marijuana.com which was weed maps former vertical and you know, we did a lot of uh, we did a lot of terrific work, if I do say so myself. You know, we had a staff of seven full timers, and we had freelancers split, spanning the globe. I covered implementation of Colorado and Uruguay and uh, Washington State, and uh, you know, just really brought real journalism to the cannabis industry for for one of the first times. You know, kind of building on the backs of the work that had been done by the activist media organizations like High Times and then the actual journalism that had been done by David Downs and a few other reporters. But, you know, we stepped up, we held the industry accountable, we held the regulators accountable. And in the course of doing things, we hopefully helped uh, normalize this industry and cement it as an industry similar to oil and gas or the airline industry. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yes. And and you had the, the TV show element 
of the cannabis as well, which was super fun. And uh, you had different guests on interviewing them. Um, that was probably extra fun. Yeah, oh, it totally was. You know, that was called the Cannabis Show. Yeah, I hosted ninety nine episodes, and it was a four camera shoot. Uh, but less than 10 episodes in, we heard from so many people who were watching and they said, you know what, we would be way more likely to listen to this if you released it as an audio only version mm. uh, via podcast. And so we did and it really thrived there. Uh, I, I definitely loved that aspect. It really forced you to get out and meet people in the industry. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm sure you experienced that too, because oh, yeah. you get so sucked up in the day to day, whether you're a journalist or you're helping to run the industry's uh, primary uh, trade organization that isn't it kind of a treat to have this time set out once a week where you just get to sit down and get to know somebody agree totally 100 percent, and and really focus for you know a good 30 minutes <laughs> oh speaking <laughs> of time uh we're going to take a commercial break in just a couple minutes here but i want to ask um is 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 there any other um, inspiration that you had I mean is is your reason for being in cannabis because of the opportunity or do you have another story or passion for it or just generally inspired you know I will be I will be completely honest and that is I didn't know much about cannabis or the industry before I was appointed uh, the Denver Post's marijuana editor mm -hmm. you know I don't smoke um, my lungs will not allow me to smoke anything and so especially in an era of largely unregulated products I just didn't consume this substance totally I have enjoyed totally. plenty of others in my day but um, <laughs> <laughs> but this one particularly it was really about six months before I got the cannabis editor gig when a friend introduced me to uh, an edible from the state oh. marketplace and instantly it clicked with me instantly it became my preferred substance of choice and uh, the minute I got the job and started studying policy and history how we got here how we've been lied to it immediately became a tremendous passion of mine and mm -hmm. I just never want to stop learning I just keep learning every day and I'm so thankful that I'm able to work with a lot of the brands in this industry yeah yeah and speaking of working with the brands i mean there's always something new to learn from from these new companies um so you founded grasslands and you're doing pr for the cannabis industry um and you're based here in denver as well i've been to your office once or twice yes. uh tell me more about grasslands and and your day-to-day -day and and what's going on with the company sure yeah so i you know in 20 plus years of daily newspaper journalism I learned very quickly that PR has a PR problem, um, and, and it's not specific to cannabis PR, uh, but publicists, um, I, I just recognize that they, there's a trend toward lazy public relations, and that is no way to connect with your, your partners and the media, because of, the, of course the media is expansive. It really relies on uh, the journalists having good relationships with the communications professionals. And when I realized that there was uh, potentially a different way to do that, I started dreaming up a different kind of agency concept, uh, and that ultimately is Grasslands. Uh, we, we call it a journalism-minded agency, which mm -hmm. is to say that it's 
content forward, deadline oriented. You know, there's active listening, there's note taking, there's accountability. Uh, you know, everything I learned in daily newspaper newsrooms, you know, we won four Pulitzer Prizes when I was, during my time at the Denver Post alone. And everything I learned there about ethics, about deadlines, about the, the importance of quality content, thoughtful storytelling, and complete narratives, uh, we have really implemented into an agency construct. And uh, we're, we're just kind of doing this differently than anybody else in the game. And uh, we love working with highly regulated industries, kind of going back to those journalism roots, you know, journalism in many ways is taking the complex and breaking it down to a general interest readership. And, and so I have done that for years and a lot of my colleagues on our content team have also done that for years. Uh, in outlets ranging from the Chicago Sun-Times to Men's Health Magazine to the Daily Beast. And so now we do that for our clients in these highly regulated industries, uh, primarily cannabis, hemp, technology. Uh, we also work with a client in traditional healthcare and a client in, in, in city and county government. Uh, Grasslands mm. actually represents the Denver County Court, which is the oh. largest court system in the Rocky Mountain West. So, you Whoa. know, there's cool. a lot of applications from what you learn in J school, at newsrooms, uh, you know, in your time in the mainstream media. And, and, and I'd like to think that we're practicing a more responsible, a more strategic version of public relations at Grasslands. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for breaking that down. Awesome. So, all right, we're going to hop off for a quick commercial break here, but we'll be right back to talk more with Ricardo about some of the challenges in PR and advertising in the cannabis industry. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Ricardo Baca of Grasslands, a journalism-minded PR agency. Uh, So there are definitely some advertising challenges for the cannabis industry, Um, even hemp and CBD products. So from your perspective and your efforts to help these clients get their product or their service out there, can you talk a little bit about some of the limitations and the, and the challenges? I mean, I know with substances like alcohol or cigarettes, you, you can't smoke a cigarette on a TV commercial or something like that or whatever. So I'm sure there's something like that with, with cannabis. What's that look like? Yeah, there's a lot of that, especially when you take into consideration that, you know, we have our regulatory construct in Colorado, and then there's 30 plus other, uh, you know, regulatory situations and schemes throughout this country alone. It's completely dissimilar in Canada and other legal countries. So it's infinitely complex. But what, what it boils down to is, you know, any business and any industry needs to know, needs a way to get the word out, you know, and and generally uh, that is done via the media. And you have earned media, which is public relations, you know, so that is getting your name into news articles where people find you organically because they're reading about something that they're interested in Mm -hmm. and you just happen to be involved in what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's owned media as well. And so, for example, uh, this podcast is a great example of that. You know, this is owned media for NCIA or your website, your blog is owned media. There's also paid media, you know, which is advertising. And when you think about it, the cannabis industry, uh, the hemp industry as well, is really hamstrung right now in terms of what they can actually do. Yeah. Um, You know, the primary uh, paid media outlets out there right now, of course, Facebook and Google um, are not taking money from any THC marijuana businesses, and they're taking very little money from any of the hemp-derived CBD businesses as well. And so this is entirely about federal legality. This is about there being risk-averse. You know, Mark Zuckerberg and his colleagues over at Google, they're just being extremely cautious. Mm-hmm. It's created this situation where ca- the cannabis industry has a hard time buying ads on the most important advertising platforms in the world. The and struggle so, is so real. Even oh. even trying to advertise lobby days for NCIA. We uh yeah, struggles real. <laughs> so real. I, I know and you're like we are not plant touching. We are bringing uh, the industry to Washington D.C. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. grasslands. We can't boost posts yep. uh, on on our Instagram account simply because we work with a lot of great cannabis and hemp businesses, and that's okay because we recognize that we're on the right side of history, and Zuckerberg is not. But one powerful tool that you can turn to in that. And actually, I spoke on this um, at your show, Bethany, in Boston in February, the Seed to Sale show, which is always one of my favorites. Um, it, it, this is this is such a ripe opportunity for earned media for these businesses, whether they're plant touching or not plant touching, their ancillary brands, to really get their name out in the in the media, in the earned media. And of course, that involves uh, hiring a PR professional, 
whether you're hiring that person internally on your staff or contracting with an agency. Um, this allows your brand to get seen uh, in newspapers, in blogs, on podcasts, you know, and, and so how this works, um, it, given what you and I are doing right now to break it down a little bit, this podcast is owned media for you and NCIA. It's earned media for me and Grasslands, and we're very appreciative to be on here. But, you know, earned media is valuable from that perspective that somebody made the editorial decision to talk to you, to ask you your thoughts. And, and so you made that editorial decision because you felt I had something to add to the conversation for which I'm tremendously grateful. But you see why earned media is the most trusted media in the world. Mm -hmm. And it has been for decades, ever since Pew and Gallup have been asking these questions about what media people trust, of course they trust earned media more than they do paid or owned mm -hmm. uh, because anybody can buy an advertisement, uh, except for the cannabis industry when it comes to Google and Facebook. But right, anybody right. generally can buy an advertisement, not anybody can secure earned media. And that's, sure. you know, that's what we specialize in and that, that it's such a tremendous opportunity for us to help these great brands get seen, raise their visibility, raise their presence among their target marketplaces. Got it. Makes sense. So it sounds like utilizing earned media and owned media might be the way to kind of work around some of these other paid paid media challenges. Um, gosh, we uh, we sure have a lot of things to figure out along the way. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and you know, I I think this world of PR, content strategy, advertising, social media is is definitely one of those components that we're trying to navigate as things continue to change. So, um, I mean. In what ways do you see companies making like mistakes that could be easily remedied or addressed? Like obviously we're not getting our posts boosted on Facebook. So like, I don't know, what do we do? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So um, let's go back to that owned media because, you know, so much of the owned media is really within our control. Uh, we create the content that occupies our websites, our social media channels. And so that's great. If you have a blog on your website and you're a brand or a business, you know, that is already a huge win and you should pat yourself on the back for that. If you have a podcast, even better, big props to you. But are you I doing, love it. <laughs> are you doing these things strategically though? I mean, because yeah. if you're putting out two hundred word blogs twice a month, you know, and you're like writing about whatever you want to write about just to get content out there to make puppies. the blog active. Yeah, puppies. Um, you know, that's that's valuable, but it's not smart and it's not strategic. Um, because you need to understand that unless your blog entry is at least 350 words, then Google is not even spidering that specific blog, that mm -hmm. piece of content. And unless, unless your, your blog entry is specifically formulated with keywords and phrases that are attuned to the search habits of your target customer, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you're creating a blog, you want it to be read, ideally, you want it to be found at beyond just people finding it via your social media. And so if you're not targeting it with keywords and phrases, uh, employing tactics, 
you know, belonging to the fields of search engine optimization, like SEO, SEM, then yep. you shouldn't be doing out. it at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, people will not find it unless you are giving them the tools for them to find it through organic search. Got it. So yeah, I think there's lots of mistakes being made. And here's a fun one, even for podcasts. So if you're doing a podcast, that is tremendous. That is so above and beyond. But let's talk about how people find media. Um, we find it via search. We find it, you know, through the search functionality of Apple's podcast medium, as well mm -hmm. as Stitcher, but also online in general. And so one thing we do for my podcast, I, I currently host uh, Cannabis in Maine. Um, we, we write transcripts of every single uh, episode and we publish the transcript alongside with the audio because of course audio is not searchable but words and content are searchable and so yeah. we're making that audio file suddenly searchable in the hopes that more people will find it so it's just all about employing strategy on your earned media or your owned media and we, we find all too often that our prospects and our uh, the people we're talking about doing work together are not strategically approaching this in which case sometimes they're wasting their time and effort yeah that's good advice and and i i believe we're we at nci actually are going to take that advice and and get some transcriptions up so that um you know this valuable information is is searchable a little bit more um so we only have about a minute or so before the end of this segment um so I do, I do want to emphasize, of course, you know, we, we have a huge responsibility to be responsible as a cannabis industry, portray ourselves as legitimate. We're maturing, we're, we're growing up, we're glowing up, we're investing in things like a public relations <laughs> person. Um, so any quick advice for a business who is looking for either an agency or a person in order to step things up? Absolutely. Of course, if you're in the market for any form of contractor whatsoever, you want to shop around, do your due diligence, uh, get them on the phone, ask, ask the hard questions, and then ask for a proposal and see which one works best for you and your budget, your needs and your challenges. I think that's, that's, that's necessary for everything. But I also think that you can do a, some of this work before you start working with an agency partner. So, you know, Google public relations, see what other businesses in your space, whether it's cannabis or hemp or nail it down. And we can talk about cultivators, retailers and manufacturers what are other people doing that you think is smart and emulate that and then your future agency partner will be all that much more ready uh, to take you on and help take your communications program and your PR strategy to the next level. Makes perfect sense. Awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to take one more quick commercial break and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat here with Ricardo Baca. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. 
Oh, Lady Marijuana Lama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, Wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. We've been learning about PR and advertising in the cannabis industry with Ricardo Baca from Grasslands PR Firm. So um, as we're wrapping up here, um, I'm curious, are there any interesting stories coming out of the cannabis world from the public relations perspective, any other signs that the industry is maybe maturing that's worth talking about? Definitely. You know, we are, when you, when you think about PR, it, 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 it encompasses so many different things, you know, including uh, reputation management as well as crisis management. Mm-hmm. And I think you know as well as I do, uh, crises are not industry specific. Uh, they uh, that they end up happening to businesses in all spaces, and so mm-hmm. we're seeing these crises erupt on a national scale. Whether we're talking about what's happening um, at, with with MedMen currently and some of the accusations there, or with other businesses that are dealing with their own internal slash external conflicts, so um, we are seeing things happen in the PR space. Uh, in cannabis that are that are both good and bad, but overall we're seeing this industry step up its game on the PR front, and I think that's a very good thing because cannabis, like anything else, is an industry and it needs to treat its business uh, platforms as such. So you know, maybe a good example here would be. Um, uh, CSR. So there's lots of them, but I'll start with CSR, corporate social responsibility. We are starting to see brands in this cannabis and hemp space start to step up and recognize that if they are successful, if they have the wherewithal, it is their responsibility to give back 
to the communities in which they operate. Um, you know, so CSR is not basic philanthropy. It's more uh, 360 degrees than that. Is it is taking into consideration the industry where you operate, your target audiences, and the history associated with that, and then giving back strategically and and also in some form of consistent, sustainable manner. And and with the programs that we're starting to see from businesses, including, you know, Good Chemistry in Colorado is doing tremendous work. Uh, I was hanging out with a colleague from Bloom Farms, the the great California cannabis brand uh, in Canada last week. And he was telling me how they've surpassed 1.5 million meals donated to food banks across the state of California. And that's part of a one-for-one -one program. You buy a Bloom Farms product in a dispensary and they donate a meal to a California food bank. Uh, it's just simple reciprocity. So they're doing community good it's tied to their customer behavior mm -hmm. and they love talking about it as they should um, oh, you know here great. at grasslands we have a csr program we <clears throat> we give money uh to different organizations for each full-time employee once a month um, so it's a modest donation. Each full-time employee picks their nonprofit of choice. And it just gives the, our colleagues that sense of ownership and also just lets the world know that cannabis is here doing good work, not only spreading this medicine that is helping so many people, but improving the communities in which we exist. Absolutely. Yeah, another example that came to mind was um, Denver Relief had the green team. They would go on cleanup yes. missions. That was, that was a good one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I am, uh, as we're wrapping up the show here, I am really looking forward to the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. It's our sixth annual uh, conference. Um, this is our original conference and our biggest one. It's in San Jose, California. NCIA members get $150 off tickets, by the way. The website is CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Will I see you in San Jose, Ricardo? You know you will, Bethany. I love it. I, I had such a blast with you and your team last year. Uh, you know, it was fun to explore such a different aspect of the Bay Area, but San Jose is a great city. We had a total blast out there. You know, lots to keep you busy from the expo floor during the day and then uh, a great slate of events and parties at night. And who knows, maybe we'll even throw a little grasslands party while we're out there. I would love that. And I definitely will go to that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, yes, the parties are 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 kind of the the frosting on the cake when it comes to the cannabis industry conferences it's such a great opportunity to kind of exhale you know the expo or inhale a lot <laughs> oh that's you You're doing <laughs> both inhaling and exhaling let's be real i know you know that's breathing <laughs> we gotta breathe so let's go to these parties and breathe together agree well ricardo thank you so much for you and your team's membership with ncia um it's it's great we're all kind of this big happy family here in Denver that have been watching the, the the maturing of our industry and the struggles the good the bad and the ugly and we're we're all in this together and and I really enjoy the sense of community and camaraderie that that we tend to have in our industry so um and and 
NCIA builds that not only through our conferences, but we also host regional networking events across the country, our cannabis caucus events and our industry socials. They're a great way to get connected, get informed, get inspired and uh, all, to make this industry the best it can be. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've said this to you before and a number of your colleagues, you know, thank you for the work that you do. Uh, I, we're, we're very proud to be NCIA members for all of our cannabis and hemp clients. We very much encourage them to join and to enjoy those um, membership, uh, have, you know, because membership does have its privileges and I'm a big fan of the QCCs. Uh, I'm, we're hoping to be able to sponsor some quarterly cannabis caucuses here in the future, but uh, nice. in the meantime, we continue to attend, throw the occasional after-hours party uh, <laughs> afterward. The after-caucus raucous is what I hear yes. is, is uh, what it's being called. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, we had a good, we, we brought like a hundred people into the office that when you threw it at the History Colorado Center a couple months ago, so yeah, I remember. that was a blast. That was and so thank you for the work you guys do. It's just so necessary and so much of the progress we regularly see legislatively um, happens because of the hard work that you all do. So thank you. Thank you. We're all in this together. All righty. Well, we have run out of time, but thanks again for being on the show. Where can people find out more about Grasslands? You can check us out and learn more at mygrasslands.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Ricardo. And thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.